Good evening. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trainice McNeil. I'm your host for the evening as always. always, Excuse me. Hey, Kanisha. Welcome, welcome. We have some followers on Instagram watching and we have some people coming in on Facebook. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad to have you guys back. We have been doing the I Am series, I Am series, and we have been touching on the subtopic of I Am Healed, I Am Healed. And we're going to conclude that particular um, subtopic tonight with the types of healing, the types of healing. So if you've been following along and been keeping up with this podcast, we learned last week about two types of healing. We learned about the spiritual healing, and then we also learned about the mental healing. So tonight we're going to get into emotional healing, we're going to get into physical healing, and also holistic healing, which I'm excited to get into as well. So let's say a word of prayer before we get too far into this thing, and then we can get right into tonight's podcast. So dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for your your presence first and foremost. God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would just have your way, God, take control, God, of this podcast, Father God, that you move heavily, God, in the homes and in the cars, God, and wherever the people are watching, God, your the viewers, God, your children. Holy Spirit, I ask that you penetrate their heart and may their hearts not be hardened, God, and may they have open ears, God, to hear what you have to say in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Father God, for choosing to use me, God, as your humble vessel. I count it a privilege and an honor to be used for your glory. God, help me to, Father God, to be able to, God, to speak only what you say, speak, Father. And may not allow myself to get in the way, God, of what you have, God, in store, God, and what your perfect will is, Father. God, I thank you, God, that somebody's life shall be changed, somebody shall be healed, somebody shall be um, set free in the mighty name of Jesus. God, even one person in this life is changed, Father. I know that, Father God, that I was in your perfect will. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that no matter what, the Father God, that you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. God, I ask that there be no technical difficulties, that everything, God, will Go, God, according to your plan and your perfect will. And I've come against distractions in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Welcome, welcome to my Instagram followers and on Facebook. Welcome. We are again on the I Am series. For those of you who are not familiar, we started I Am series to shed light on who God is first and foremost. God is the I Am. This is the self, the self. Um, proclaimed name that God has given himself and he first introduced himself as I am to to Moses and that's in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 and just giving just the background of what we have been talking about and I I means used by a speaker to refer to himself or or herself and am is first person singular present indicative of B. So we talked about, and I just want to reiterate every time I come on here, as much as we're going to be doing this series, is to make sure that we understand that we're talking about our present tense. So when we say I am, I'm talking about my present self. I'm not talking about my past and I'm talking about my future. I'm talking about who I am right now. And the reason why we started off with talking about who God is as I am is because every time we say I am, we are declaring, decreeing who God says we are. Not characteristics we put on ourselves, not characteristics the enemy says. And this is why we have to be careful of what we say in our mouths because the um, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So when we say I am, whatever follows that is what we are speaking into the atmosphere. 
is what we are personally speaking to the atmosphere. And I've used this example before. If you say that I am ugly, then you're causing the spirit of insecurity to be manifested in your life. Because the word of God says we are beautifully and wonderfully made. God has created each and every one of us in his image. So we have to be careful what we speak out of our mouths. Heal. Because our subtopic is I am healed. Heal is to make free from injury or disease, to make sound or whole, to restore to original purity or integrity. So we're talking about being healed. It's talking about being restored. And then I broke down the word restore. It is to return someone or something to a formal, former, excuse me, condition, place or position. Return someone or something to a former condition, place, or position. In a simpler terms, it means to bring back. It means to bring back. So if I'm asking God to heal my heart, I'm asking God to restore my healing in my heart so that I can be whole. If I'm asking God to heal to heal my respiratory system. I'm asking God to restore my breathing because I once had clear breathing, but somewhere, somehow my, my breathing started getting messed up. I'm not able to, um, and even be able to smell clear. We have sinus um, problems, You're not able to smell clearly. You're having headaches. God restore the functionality in my sinuses. So that I can breathe clearly. Restoration. Bring back. Taking everything back that the enemy stole away from me. Restore. And the word of God says by Jesus stripes we are healed. So it means that we are already healed. But we have to activate our faith. We talked about that last week. That we have to activate our faith. To show God, Lord, I believe. And we're going to get more into that tonight. Lord, I believe. And just to get a little bit ahead of myself, that sometimes we don't receive our healing because we have lack of faith. We have lack of belief. We talked about last week that the word of God talks about having faith as, as small as a mustard seed. As small as a mustard seed. A mustard seed is like you can't even form it in your fingers. So God is asking for us to have faith just even as small as a mustard seed. And if we're not being healed because of lack of faith, it's a problem. He's asking just for a small portion of it. Why? Because he realizes that we are of flesh and blood. And he realizes because of that, there is going to be some conflict. And there's going to be some war between our flesh and our spirit. So he's saying, if you can just push past, ooh, rabaya, if you can just push past just, just a little bit to actually believe that I am the healer, that the I am Jehovah Rapha, which we learned last week is God is our healer, God who heals. Have faith. Just a little bit. 
Glory be to God. Let me just put this topic here so that we can just see it as we're going along. Hallelujah. So we began to talk about types of healing. Last week, we got into number one, the spiritual, spiritual healing. Well, I'm going to just go over the five and then we get into review of the two we talked about last week. So number one is spiritual healing. Number two is mental healing. Number three is emotional healing. Number four is physical healing. And number five is holistic healing. So two that we talked about last week, starting with number one, we talked about spiritual healing, which is, which is healing of the spirit. And we said that healing, spiritual healing starts with salvation. Spiritual healing starts with salvation. We can't expect to have our spirit man to be healed if we don't accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and accept the Holy Spirit, part of the Holy Trinity. He will live inside of us, but we must first accept Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who died for us, the one who shed his blood for us, the one who was buried, um, um, rose, and, and just really just died for us for our transgressions our iniquities he was bruised because of that to be selfish to have a god that is selfish to send his only begotten son just for you and me so that we can be healed spiritually spiritual healing means that you are healed and you are forgiven of your sins you are forgiven of your sins. Does it say that we will never sin again? No, that's not what that means. It's saying that when Jesus died, it's saying that he died for the sins that we um, committed in our past, the sins that we're committing now, and the sins that, we're, that we will commit in the future. He says we are healed. Healing, when Jesus said that by Jesus stripes, I am healed, he wasn't just talking about physical healing. This is why God had me to start off with spiritual healing, because in order in order for us to even be able to receive physical healing, we have to first have a relationship with Christ. How are we going to have faith if we don't even believe that he's the son, that he's the savior, that he's the son of God, that he's the healer, that he's the redeemer, that he is the protector? How are we going to actually receive our physical healing if we don't even believe who Jesus is. Everybody focuses on the physical part, but nobody wants to get their spirit man healed. Nobody wants to make sure their mind is renewed. So we had to backtrack and get, go from, from step number one. Because as we see, when we get into the part about physical healing, is that Jesus, the reason why he did so many miracles, signs, and wonders is because the people lack faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But because the people lack faith, God, oh, Rabbi, God had to use Jesus to show them, I am the healer through tangible, through tangible acts. Jesus had to show them who he was. He had to constantly prove who he was to them. And even then, they still did not believe that he was the Messiah. Even to this day, Jewish people still don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They believe he was a prophet. All right. But they did not believe that he was the Messiah. They are still waiting, waiting 
for him to come. Still waiting. We also learned that our spiritual healings attached to the level of our faith in God. And I just went into Hebrews 11 um, verse 1. We talked about activating our faith, which you definitely want to get more into tonight. Activating our faith and just look at these scripture references. Romans 10 verse 17, Amplified Version. Matthew 17 verse 19 through 20 in the Amplified Version. And we said that prayer, prayer is our weapon that brings forth our healing. We talked about having an arsenal. And this scripture reference is James 5 verse 13 through 16. We said that reading God's word will sharpen our faith and increase our arsenal in spiritual warfare. That's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3 in the Amplified Version. If I'm going a little bit fast, it's because, listen, <laughs> it's so much more that I have to share with you guys. And as my pastor says, watch the replay. This is why we have videos that you can go back to watch. Because I don't know, I can't. Focus on that. That was last week, so I have to continue to move forward. Hi, Kita. Hi, Dr. Pratt. So, getting back to it. Re reading God's word will sharpen our faith and increase our arsenal in spiritual warfare. And then the second type of healing we talked about is mental, mental healing, which is healing of the mind. And that is so important to get into because as we learned last week that every action starts with a thought. Every action, excuse me, every action starts with a thought. And that's in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Is that before we even do something, we already thought about it. We already thought about it. Even if we don't realize it, if we think if we think about okay, how many times we blink, we thought about blinking before we actually blinked. Like if we really take the time and just things that we do naturally, eat, walk, run, um, breathe, we thought about it before we actually did it. This is the way our body works even if it's automatic to say i need to breathe inhale exhale thought it before i actually did it so if something is something we do um that it seems to be automatic that's powerful so the enemy plays with our thought process and that's why we have to get our thought process under subjection we talked about it's important to have the mind of Christ. That's in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9. To have the mind of Christ, to not have our thoughts be our own or the enemy, but to always think like Jesus. What, you know, the saying WWJD, what would Jesus do? How would, how would Jesus handle this? Why? Because we are disciples, right? That means we are followers of Christ. So we are followers of Christ and we need to think like him. Also, we talked about that, that our mind must be renewed daily. That's in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The transformation 
of our of our thought process of our mind being renewed why because every single day we are faced with something different so we can't expect the renewing that took place yesterday to to help us today because that was yesterday and this is today something completely different we also talk about identifying the weapon the weapon that the enemy is attacking us with so that we know how to fight back so that we know how to fight back we can't fight we talked about two different things spirit of anxiety and spirit of depression we can't use the same um weapon that we would use for the spirit of anxiety for the spirit of depression or for the spirit of um homosexuality we can't use those same weapons they are two they are different things different um situations that we are fighting different spirits that we are fighting so we have to build our arsenal and that's by reading the word of god so that we know how to fight so that we know how to fight this thing with the word so now tonight let's continue with the types of healing and let's talk about emotional emotional healing which is healing of the heart healing of the heart in three particular scriptures that i'm going, going to go into concerning emotional healing starting with psalms chapter 34 verse 17 to 20 and that's the amplifier version <clears throat> It says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their distress and troubles. The Lord is near to their heart broken, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit, contrite in heart, truly sorry for their sin. Many hardships and perplexing circumstances confront the righteous, but the Lord rescues him from them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. So God says, He's near to the heartbroken. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. That when you are truly sorry for your sin. And this is why we had to, again, start with spiritual healing. Because we can't be healed of anything else before we are healed of our spirit. And in order to be healed from your spirit, you have to be saved. If we want to receive any other healing, we have to be saved first. And I know, thank you, Holy Spirit. I know some people are like, well, there are unsafe people that are healed. Okay, they have been. But who prayed for them? Who was believing and having faith for them? Someone who was saved. Someone who believed in the power of prayer. They didn't get saved on their own merit. They were saved because grandma who was saved prayed for them because their co-worker who was saved prayed for them. Have you ever been a person that that your maybe your unsaved relative or your unsaved co-worker comes to and say, listen, they may not have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but they know what, you know, Trey, she goes, she goes to church and she believes in God and she believes in, in the power of prayer. And, and even though I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm going to go to her because I know she can get a prayer through. And I know that if she prays to her God, then I believe that, that I'll be healed. 
So healing, again, cannot take place if salvation is not first. For those that are trying to contradict the word of God, oh, well, unsaved people are healed. They're unsaved people are healed because somebody who was saved prayed for them and they had faith. God is not going to answer the prayers of the unsaved. He doesn't know them. He doesn't have a relationship with them. So why would he, un he, he can't even hear their prayers. There's no connection. They're not connected to the vine. Let's go to Psalms 51 verse 10. Amplified version, it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew, there goes that word renew again, and renew a right and steadfast, what is steadfast, being immovable, unshakable, spirit within me, and renew a right, talking about being righteous, making sure that we're doing what is in God's will making sure that we're not going to be moved by what the enemy does to us, that we're not going to be moved by what he tries to convince us to do. No, we're going to be righteous, steadfast, right and steadfast spirit within me. And the other scripture that I have for Psalms 147, verse 3. And it simply says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain. Because when people think of wounds, they think about, they think about just physical. Say if you were, you, you have a cut on your leg, that's a wound. But he's not talking about the, he's talking about the inner part, your heart, your emotions, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. The Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, heals our pain and comforts our sorrow. My God, hallelujah, hallelujah. So again, we're talking about emotional healing, healing of the heart. Now let's get into some emotional healing strategies, emotional healing strategies. And these are natural strategies that, um, that I've um, researched and reference is healthline.com. And these are just seven of them. They had a lot more, but these are just seven of them that st stood out to me that is beneficial when it comes to our emotional healing. Because we can talk about the spirit, but we also we are our flesh. So we have to also know that we have to know natural things that is beneficial for us as well. Have a balance of the natural and the spirit. So number one, emotional healing strategies. Write down what you need on note cards. Write down what you need on note cards. And one of the things that they said on Healthline is that, especially when somebody's dealing with grief, is that it's important that they actually write those things down, what they need, because 
there are times when when somebody comes to you and says, what do you need? And because your mind is not there, because you are not physically or um, mentally focused on that or to even have a frame of mind to think, wow, what do I need? If you already took the time to write it down, you can just give them a, a card and you already have it and it's okay, they can just read it. Or you're just not even emotionally prepared because just you even saying it out of your mouth, especially if you're dealing with the, the, uh, the passing of a loved one, you can break down into tears because you're like, wow, especially if you are the one that's used to being the helper, you're the one that's used to helping everybody else. That can cause you to break down. So already being prepared and having this written on note cards would be beneficial. Number two, go outdoors. Get out of the house. If you are experiencing some emotional trauma or emotional emotional hurt with the spirit of depression or um, anxiety or just um, grief that has tried to overtake you. It's important that you get out of the house. It's important that also that you get um, out of a familiar gift, out from a familiar setting, especially if that was the setting that um, reminds you of that person or that reminds you of the trauma or that reminds you or whatever it is that you that's causing you to have this emotional pain it's important that you separate yourself from that atmosphere and get into a different atmosphere to reset to renew your mind so getting outdoors some people probably like oh well, i'm not an outdoors person But it's important that you at least change your setting. So even if you are not physically outdoors, but you at least change your setting. Go to another family, uh, uh, somebody else's house that you're not in your own and putting yourself um, being secluded. You're putting yourself in a position for the enemy to talk into your mind, to talk into your thought process. And it caused you to be... Um, isolated from people. Number three, seek a counselor. Seek a counselor. It's important, especially Black folks, African Americans, we had to get out of the mind frame that seeking therapy is wrong or, you know, is like, what's the point? And even those that are saved, they have the issue with seeking counselor, but we have to be realistic. There are there are Christian counselors that are, are that are out there that are saved, but also are um, professionally equipped to counsel you. That know about they have a balance from the spiritual and the natural. And that can help you, somebody that you can talk to, but it's important to not keep those emotions inside. It's important that we let those things out because the more we keep it inside, the more it's being buried and the more you know things are being built up. And then we can cause ourselves to, to fall into a, a place where 
um, if they were just battling up and then somebody does something and it triggers us off and they were attacking somebody who was innocent, all because we didn't deal with those emotions head on. So seeking a counselor is important. And especially a Christian counselor is definitely important for those who are believers. Number four, schedule time in your schedule for downtime. Why? Because we need to decompress. For those of you that it seems like you just always, and I'm one of them, it seems like you're always doing something. You need to actually schedule time, just like you put have on your calendar, you this event and that event and this prayer time and this service and all of that. Schedule time for you to decompress. And however you decompress is, you know, whatever is beneficial for you, whether it's a nap, whether it's just sitting outside, whether it's reading a book, whether it's just sitting down and just breathing, no TV, no noise, decompress. Number six, number five, rather, I'm sorry. Need to journal your thoughts and feelings. Journal your thoughts and feelings. Especially those who are big on writing. Because if you say if you're not as comfortable with actually sharing your thoughts with a counselor right off, it's important that you still get those feelings out. So if you're a more of a writer, write it down. Whatever you have to do to get those emotions out is so important. Because yes, we need to pray for sure. But we're talking about natural strategies. But yes, we definitely need to pray. But even after you pray, sometimes there is still some things, some residue that is left. And God is leading you to a counselor. Yes, Hanifa, she said, yes, it is. I have a Christian counselor and she helped, helped me so much. That is wonderful, Hanifa. And then I haven't personally went to um, that type of counseling. I mean, we had marriage counselors, but they would even say, okay, give us new assignments, give you some things to write out. So if you already written those things down in your journal, when you do feel led to go to a counselor, you are already have done the pre-homework that's necessary so that you're healing, that you be on a process of being healed emotionally. Number six, it's great. A great support system is so necessary to be surrounded around um, to be a surrounded um, around the right the right people is so important. To not have um, people that <laughs> that just don't know what to say. Like if you don't know what to say, just don't say anything. Like for me, I'm I'm the person like okay, I'm more of. Uh, what's the actions? Okay. If it comes to somebody and their needs that's dealing with emotions, okay, what do you need me to do? 
need to make you some tea, need me to pick up something, I'm going to be that person. I'm not really that good when it comes to words. I know that about myself. I don't really know what to say. Other than praying, I'll listen, I'll pray for you. But if you asking me, I'm not a counselor. That's not that's not my area of expertise. So I don't really know what to say because I'm just like, it's kind of awkward. Like I don't because you don't want to ask the person, are you okay? Because it's clear that they're not okay. So know your lane. Number one, know what the people having the right people around you that are going to be beneficial, that are going to be prayer warriors. So yes, getting back into the spiritual, that's going to pray for you, that's going to encourage you, that's going to hold you accountable, that's going to make sure that yes, okay, if you are dealing with your emotions, all right, I'm going to give you two weeks, maybe a month, depending on situation. But I'm going to let you know right now, after that month, you you gotta you gotta get a grip. Like you know, I'm not gonna sit here. Why? And it, it and it's tough love because I'm like, oh, that's that's being mean. No, it's not being mean because if we allow ourselves to continue to stay under that, that's how the spirit of depression gets on us. That's how the spirit of anxiety overtakes us. That's how we just just get into just having long periods. No, we gotta get out of that. Why? Because. Life does go on. Give them the time to breathe. Give them the time to grieve. Give them the time to be able to um to evaluate those emotions. But we're not going to stay in this because as believers, we know that God has already healed us. So we're not going to allow ourselves to be overtaken by this. Not even a little bit. So make sure you have those people that's going to give you your space, but also are going to come to you and say, all right, come on, Hanifa. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind is going to speak the word, use that arsenal and say, all right, enough is enough. We're giving, we're giving the enemy um, authority over our lives now, especially we are allowing it to fester too long. No, we're not doing that. It's time to get up. It's time to fight. It's time to get back in position. Great support system is necessary. And number seven, remember, there is no expiration date for your healing. This is a continual process. I love this part that they said because we expect ourselves I mean, that comes that this particular one goes for any type of healing. We expect ourselves to just, okay, God heals us and then that's it. No, it's a process because even when it comes to deliverance, decide where even when it comes to deliverance, if God healed you or delivers you from this, um, the spirit of alcoholism or the spirit of pharmacia, which is drugs, you have to still, it's your responsibility to remain healed. Yes, you're healed, but you have to remain healed. And that's our responsibility. So if God has freed me from the spirit of alcoholism, then I shouldn't be putting myself in the bars. I shouldn't be surrounding myself with people who drink. 
Why? Because, and it's not saying, listen, whatever they do and whatever their relationship with Christ and whatever it convicts them, that's between them and God. But as far as for me or for you, whatever it is that God has delivered you from or whatever it is God has healed you from, is our responsibility to make sure that we remain healed, that we remain. I think I used this example last week talking about diabetes, is if God healed you from diabetes, making sure you know, that your, um, that your sugar is not being affected. It's important that you don't continue to eat sugary foods or things that causes your sugar to go up. So you have to make sure that you keep a healthy diet. You say, oh, I'm healed from diabetes and you got all of this fat sitting here in front of you and whatnot. No, that's not, that's not it. So it's our responsibility. And also going back to there is no expiration date. Why? Because it's continual. There are going to be days where you, we all fall short of God's glory. There'll be days where you're like, God, I don't know if I can do this. God, I don't know if I can go on. And one day you feel like you good. And the next day is like, I just feel like I just took three steps back. It's continual. A continual process. So don't put pressure on yourself to think that it's just going to be okay, one and done, and that's it. So those were some, again, I'm just going over that real quickly, emotional healing strategies. Write down what you need on note cards. Number two, go outdoors. Number three, seek a counselor. Number four, schedule time and your schedule for downtime. You need to decompress. Number five, journal your thoughts and feelings. Number six, great support system is necessary. And number seven, remember there is no expiration date for your healing. This is a continual process. Now, let's get into physical healing, which I know everybody's been waiting for it. Everybody wants to talk about physical healing, but God was like, listen, before we get there, we got to talk about spiritual. We got to talk about mental and emotional. Now we can get into the physical part. Number four, physical healing, healing of the body, healing of the body. This is one that everybody knows about. The unsaved, they know about this. Why? Because it's tangible. It's easy to believe God for something that is that is um, for the eyes to see. But what about trying to believe God to, to help somebody who struggles with schizophrenia, something that you can't see offhand if they don't actually have a reaction and they don't actually have, um, you know, they don't have a reaction in or have um, uh, actually see them in, in that process. Of, of hearing voices and them actually going into um, other uh, personalities. Because one minute they can be good and the next minute something triggers them off. So physical healing, healing of the body. But what we want to get into is some things that are hindering, things that are hindering your physical healing. And that's number one, lack of faith. Lack of 
faith. In order for us to be healed by any type of healing, we must have faith. We must have faith. So I'm going to go to Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 42 in the New International Version. And probably going to be some parts that I'm going to stop and focus on. Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 42. And this is talking about the topic where the heading says, Jesus raises a dead girl and heals a sick woman. Talking about, um, and as we read it, you just, some people know about this passage, but I love this passage because I just, every time I read it, God gives me something different. So verse 21, it says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with them. So pause. Jairus believed that if Jesus comes with him and actually physically and this is the note that I want you to remember and actually physically put his hands on her that she would be healed. So I'm going to go back to there in a moment. Put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. Verse 25 says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So this is all simultaneously happening at the same time. Then the woman of issue of blood, she came and interrupted uh, Jairus and Jesus as they were walking or heading to the house where Jairus' daughter was so that Jesus can physically lay her hands, his hands on her and heal her. So the woman of issue of blood, she interrupted all of that. Verse 26 says, she has suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. In another version, it talks about the hem of Jesus' garment. And thinking about, um, if you get in better image, think about the tassels. The little, um, the tassel, fabric tassels that are on um, our clothing, some of our clothing, that is what she touched at the very tip of Jesus' cloak that it says in this version. And it says, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, my God, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And verse 29 says, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. So pausing right here, Jairus said, Jesus, I need you to put your hands, lay your hands on me. The woman with the issue of blood says, if I can just touch him, if I can just get just even close to him and just even touch a piece of his clothing, that I know that I will be healed. And not just healed, but set freed from her suffering. She suffered for 12 years, y'all. 12 years. And for women that are out there, imagine 
being on and hey just put it out there being on your period and just bleeding non-stop not monthly but for 12 years and going to doctors spending them i mean the woman she was um she was rich she had she was wealthy she had enough money to pay the doctors but her finances was running out because she was constantly trying to find a cure of this disease and nobody knew what was the cause but when she came across Jehovah Rapha, the healer, my God, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Then furthermore, it says in verse 30, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? Look at the disciples already causing <laughs> disruption. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then, a woman, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. Who is something about falling at his feet? Because Jairus, he came to Jesus and fell at his feet. Why? Because it shows that you're desperate. Why? It shows that you're humble. Why? It shows that you're surrendered. God, I'm falling at your feet. Oh, because I know that you are the only one that can heal them. You are the only one that can meet my need. You are the only one. So God, I come to you humbly as I know how. God, Jesus, heal me. Because I tried everything else and nothing else worked. So here I am. Oh, God. Heal me. I'm taking this opportunity because I don't know if I'm going to get another one. Jesus, heal me. Oh, Sarabaya, my God. Again, verse 31 says, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, this is Jesus. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Her faith. That's what brought forth her healing. She pushed past the crowd. I mean, just imagine being at a concert. For all my Philly folks, you had a concert at Leah Cor Center, or you at a, a standard room at TLA on South Street. No, no seats available, and and it's literally you guys are standing right up on each other, and you push past the crowd to get to that celebrity so they can get to notice you. Imagine yourself being in her shoes. Saying if I can just push past, I mean, 
She probably crawled. She probably was just like, listen, I don't care if I'm my if my hands are getting stepped on. I don't care if I'm getting pushed. I'm going to get to Jesus. If I can just get to the hem of his garment, I might not be able to touch the top part of his body, but I'm going to crawl myself and push myself to get there because I am desperate for my healing. I have faith as little as a mustard seed to know that if I can just touch I know I keep saying it, but we just need to understand that, that and just get into our imagination. Imagine if we were there and imagine how hard it was to push past all of those people. Everybody wanted to touch Jesus. Everybody wanted, wanted to, um, to be healed. Everybody wanted to be delivered. Everybody wanted Jesus to do something for them. And she pushed past and got Jesus' attention. And instead, going back to, going back to it, Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt her body and she was free just from touching Jesus, him. She was immediately healed. Her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. Why? Because she had faith. And let's continue the story. Verse 35, it says, while Jesus was still speaking, because remember Jairus, he's still along this road. He was the one that went to Jesus first. 35, it says, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Hmm. Why bother the teacher anymore? Here come the naysayers. Here come the people that has that is lacking faith. This is again why you gotta make sure you're surrounded around the right people. Verse 36 says, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. Verse 37 says, He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John. This is why these. Jesus kept just Peter, James, and John when it came to important times. And he, listen, I don't need nobody talking a bunch of mess. I don't need nobody, you know, no, I need people that's really going to pray. I need people that's really going to believe. I need people that I can depend on. Verse 38 says, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all of this commotion and wailing? This child is not dead, but asleep. The child is not dead, but asleep. And then they, then verse 40, but they laughed at him. Because to them, they looked at her and said, yeah, she's dead. And he here come. Uh, this so-called Jesus talking about she's sleep. No, she's not even breathing. And they laugh. How they go from wailing, crying over the girl. And then all of a sudden they're laughing because of disbelief. Because of disbelief, they laughed. My God. Then continuing, it says, verse, continuing verse 40, it says, after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand, thank you, Holy Spirit, and said to her, Talitha kum, 
which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around and get this, y'all. It says she was 12 years old. How long did the women with the issue of blood struggle with her, with her um, impurity? 12 years. So as long as this child has been alive, the women with the issue of blood struggled, struggled with this, this sickness. And continue, it says, at this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. My God. They were surrounded by people who disbelieved. But it was important that Jairus still believed. Somebody had to have faith. That's why Jesus spoke to Jairus that when they took, came to him and said, listen, your daughter is dead. You don't need to bother to teach no more. He said, no, don't listen to them. Just believe. Jesus reaffirmed Jairus. Say, listen, don't believe anything that they say. You came to me. You came to the healer. So remember who I am and remember what you need and what you're desperate of. I am the healer. That's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So he had to reassure Jairus that she is already healed. It was just a matter of time for it to be manifested. And it's said, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. It's important that Jesus had to physically go there because Jesus could have very well said your daughter is healed because in another and i don't i don't want to quote it misquote it but in another story jesus did that he said oh your son is healed and he went back to the house and he was already healed he didn't have to physically put his hands on him he just said go peace be with you your son is healed but jesus had to teach and Constantly, he had to prove himself for who he is to the naysayers. Why? Because they only believed it with their eyes. They lacked faith. They were filled with disbelief. My God. So things that are hindering us, hindering your physical healing, lack of faith. And number two, unconfessed sins. Sometimes we're not receiving our healing because we have sins that we have not repented for. And that is a blockage. That can be a blockage, especially if you have unforgiveness in your heart. God's not going to heal you. God forgave us for every sin. Known and unknown. Even before we even commit the sin, he's already forgiven it for us. So he's not going to allow us to receive healing. Something is beneficial when we are saved. When we have the spirit of unforgiveness in our heart. No. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 through 8. In the New International Version. It says, Jesus, the title says, Jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man. 
Verse 1, it says, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 3 says, at this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blasphemy.' I don't know why I feel like saying it in that voice. <laughs> Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain in evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sons are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who has given, given such authority to man. You see how Jesus had to check them. He's like, what, what? Like, what's the difference? Like, what's better for me to say these forgiven or for, him, for me to tell him get up and walk? No, his sins, he needs to know that his sins are forgiven because if you don't confess your sins, this is going to be hindering you from receiving your healing. So let me let you know that I have forgiven your sins to make room for you to be healed. Let me make it known that I hear your heart. I hear your cry that you are truly remorseful for your sins. And now because you're remorseful for your sins, now I can make room for you to be healed. So make sure that you don't have any unconfessed sins. Number three, our healing is, a physical healing is hindered because we ask not, so we have not. If you don't ask, how do you expect to receive? The word of God talks about making specific requests known unto him. Asking you shall receive. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11 in the Amplified Version. And it says, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be open. Or what man is there among you who, if this son asks for bread, will instead give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will instead give him a snake? If you then evil, evil, sinful by nature as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your father who was in heaven, perfect as he is, give what is good and advantageous to those who keep on asking him? God is basically saying, keep on, keep on asking, keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Don't give up. Just because you just because you don't see it taking place, don't give up. Because this is the thing. Even after you ask, 
even after you knocking me to have the spirit of thanksgiving. And so, Lord, I thank you for my healing. Lord, I thank you for your protection. Lord, I thank you for my deliverance. Lord, I thank you for my family member who was um, salvation for their rededication. Lord, I thank you. Why? Because that is a sign of your faith. That is a sign that you believe the Lord God, even though I don't see it already, God, I believe. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for, you're hoping for and the evidence of things not seen. You don't see it yet, but you hope for it already. So until it comes to pass, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to believe. Why? Because I believe that this is the will of God. So therefore, it's my responsibility to make sure that I keep believing, that I keep having the faith. Because if I don't have the faith, then who will? Then who will? Because this is something that I desire to take place. This is something that God placed on my heart to pray for. So it's my responsibility to make sure that I'm praying, to make sure that I'm believing, to make sure that I'm thanking him. To make sure that I use my arsenal, use the weapons that are in my arsenal to make sure that I use that. That anytime when the spirit of doubt tries to creep in, no. I'm not going to doubt God. I trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your path. Use the word of God. That is Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. Use the word of God. You ask not because you have not. Have you asked God? God is not going to give you anything that you didn't ask for. God is not going to give you anything that you didn't knock on the door for, that you didn't seek for. And number four, things that are hindering our physical healing, we're not surrendered to God's perfect will for our lives. Have we asked God, is this God's will for our lives? Or are we doing this out of our own, out of our own, um, out of our own will? That can be blocking it. Even Jesus, when to go there, even Jesus said, "Jesus, God, take this cup away from me." But even in that. He said, Lord, let your will be done. Even though I don't want to do this, God, let your will be done. Let's go to it. Luke chapter 22, verse 42 in the Amplified Version. It says, this is when Jesus was in in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's just like, God, I know you sent me here for this purpose. But this is tough. This is getting too much. Imagine Jesus in that moment. And in verse 42, it says, saying, Father, if you are willing. You see how he already put himself to say, God, if you are willing, remove this cup of divine wrath from me. But then after that, he said, yet not my will. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But always yours be done. That even though. My flesh doesn't want to do this. God, whatever your will is, let always your will be done. 
that God, if it's your will for me to be healed of this sickness, is it your will for me to be healed of this, oh God? Because it's saying it may not be the timing, not saying that you won't be healed. It just may not be the timing. I think I was watching this movie and what got me, I was like, wow. The woman, she had cancer and she was healed at one point. She went into remission for the cancer, but then later on it came back. And her husband prayed for her and said, Lord, heal my wife. And she ended up passing away. But guess what? She received her healing. Why? Because she was with the Savior. This is based on a true story. She is with the Savior. Because, oh, Rabaya. To be absent in the body, to be present with the Lord. And when we are with the Father, we will have no more hurt, no more pain. All of it is gone. So, yes, God healed her. He answered his prayer. But it just was not God's will for her to stay on earth. So we got to understand what God's perfect will is. That even we don't understand why God said, listen, they're no longer suffering anymore. We don't know the pain that they had to endure. And we can't be selfish in that. Surrender to God's perfect will for your life. So again, Things that are hindering us, hindering our physical healing, lack of faith, unconfessed sins. You ask not, so you don't have, you have not. Number four, not surrender to God's perfect will for your life. And the last one that I want to get into, number five, holistic healing, which is healing of the mind, body, spirit, and, and heart. That you are healed of all four. Holism is care of the entire patient in all aspects of well-being, including physical, psychological, and social. Talking about the whole person, not just one aspect, but every single part of the person. The word whole is to be healed not broken, damaged, or impaired, intact. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says in the Amplified Version, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, that is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged. Uncon- I mean, sorry, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us to be whole and undamaged, to be consecrated to him. We have to be set apart for his purpose. For his purpose. 
holistic healing, healing of the mind, body, spirit, and heart. And next point, Acts 3, verse 16 in the Amplified Version, it says, and on the basis of faith, that word faith, I love it. And the basis on and on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. This is Peter talking. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health and complete wholeness in your presence. Peter let him know it's not based on my merit. It's based on Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for him, I would not be whole. If it wasn't for him, I would not be healed of my mind, my soul, my body, my spirit. I would not be healed of it all. I'm whole because of him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And last but not least, remember that becoming whole is a continual process. We've been talking about this all throughout the healing portion. Remember that becoming whole is a continual process. Don't think that it's just going to happen overnight. That even if you God heals you instantaneously, it's our responsibility to make sure that we remain healed. Because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So he will do anything to steal your healing from you. To destroy everything that you um, worked so hard for to maintain. Let's go to James chapter one, verse three through four in the Amplified version. It says, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect results and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith. Lacking in nothing. The testing of our faith produces endurance, causes us to be spiritually mature. So God would allow certain things to take place in our lives, certain trials and tribulations to take place in our lives to build our endurance so that we can come spiritually mature. And that our faith will be increased. That we will have confidence in who God is. Confidence that God, he did it before me before, so I know that he will do do it for me again. He healed me of this before, so I know that he's going to heal me for this again. Whatever God's perfect will is for my life, God, let your will be done. Let your perfect will be done. Hallelujah. So again, I pray that everybody was blessed by tonight's podcast. I pray that you truly receive something tonight. And even if you didn't get a chance to hear about all the types of healing, please go back and watch um, last week's podcast. And even the one before that, when we begin begun the subtopic of I am healed, is important because if you want to receive your healing, you have to first have salvation. You have to first accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, which leads to the call of salvation. For those of you that don't have a connection with Jesus, that don't have a relationship with him, and you're like, why? Why do I need a connection with him? Why? Because he's the healer. 
you're struggling your mind because you're not connected to the healer. You're not connected to the savior. You're struggling. You're, it seems like you, you're just lost. You have no sense of direction. You, you're, you have, you're in one thing and the next minute you're like, wow, I don't know what to do. Why? Because you are not connected to Jesus. Who is the son of the creator? The word of God says in John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man will come unto the father who is God, but by me. Everybody talks about God, but nobody wants to talk about Jesus. And the word of God says in order to get to God, you have to accept his son. So I encourage you. If you're ready to have a connection and to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, for you to say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I have lived a life of sin. And I realize in this moment that I need you in my life. You are the one that I've been missing you are the answer to my problems, to my situation. I ask you, Jesus, that you come into my heart and be my savior. I confess it with my mouth that you died for me. You were buried and you rose on the third day just for me. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. And Jesus, I surrender myself to you and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you pray that prayer of salvation, welcome, welcome, welcome into the body of Christ. You are a new creature. All those old things are behind you, all those old mindsets, all those old ways of thinking, all of those are behind you. And behold, all things are new before you. So it's time to move forward. This is your birthday. You are a new creature. And you are now a part of the family of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And last call, for those of you that have had a relationship and you may have been connected to Jesus at some point in your life, but whatever has happened to cause you to disconnect from the vine, Jesus is calling you. He's calling you home. You've watched this podcast or listened to it. And every all throughout the time, you've been hearing him call your name. You've been broken heart. You're broken hearted. You've experienced some trauma. You experienced maybe some church hurt. And you say, Jesus, I don't know if I can come back. People have hurt me. And Jesus said, you disconnected from me because of things that other people have done. I'm still the same Jesus. Still the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. I will always love you. And I'm here. And he said he's waiting with open arms, waiting for you to come back home. Whatever you did. None of that even matters. 
What's important is that you repent, ask God for your forgiveness, and you get back under the grace and get back into connection with Jesus. So I encourage you to say this prayer rededication with me. Hey, Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for turning my back on you. I disconnected from you because I was hurt because of things that other people did. But Jesus, you have been the only consistent thing in my life. You have been the only consistent thing. And Jesus, I ask you, come back into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior once again. Forgive me. Cover me. Renew my mind. Restore me, oh God. I thank you, Jesus, for giving me another chance to get it right. And because of that, I surrender myself to you. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer of rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Your sins have been forgiven. And Jesus is saying it's time to move forward and make sure that you forgive yourself. I love you guys so much. I pray again that you are encouraged and uplifted this evening. Please make sure you follow us on Facebook at I am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated on Facebook. On our Instagram um, page, we are I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect on IG. And then finally, we are available on all podcast platforms, streaming platforms. That is, um, that is, sorry, Spotify. That is um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. So please, whatever your favorite one is, you can listen to it. It is available to you, whatever, for your convenience, really. So I pray that you are encouraged and uplifted. Make sure that you stay um, stay prayerful, that you stay watchful, and that you make sure that you are reading your word daily. The word of God is your weapon in spiritual warfare. It's important that you stay equipped every single day. So I love you guys so much. I will see you guys next week, and I pray that you have a wonderful evening. Have a good night.